What's up, guys? Hey, stranger. I know y'all probably haven't heard from me for a minute. Man, guys, I've been working on a lot of things, but I did not, I did not forget about you all. And um, I'm back, and I'm back with um, a follow-up from our, my last podcast. I know the uh, Surviving R. Kelly series was like a big deal during that time. Um, so actually what I did after that, I did a um, seven-day series about grooming. And I did research on grooming and I literally put out um, content specifically on Facebook each day. It was between three to five minutes of different grooming tactics. And uh, I loved it. Um, I really poured into it, did a lot of research. And that's why you might, you know, I kind of disappeared for just a little bit because I was working on that. I've been working on a lot of rebranding and some adjustments and changes I'm making um, as I transition into um, becoming a youth speaker, really connecting with the youth. Um, and I, you know, consider myself a youth mental health strategist, and that's creating strategies and ways to pour into our children's social and emo- social, excuse me, and emotional learning, and giving them the tools that they need as they transition into adulthood. Um, so yeah, so that's really what I've been working on, guys. I'm really, really excited. I hope you guys can like support. I've changed a few of my um, my handles on social media. It's Miss Aisha Speaks now. Um, because it, you know, connects to what I'm doing. And again, that's Miss Aisha Speaks. Um, and I'll change all that information on, um, the podcast information here. But anyway, so to jump right back into it, um, what I'm going to talk about today, I'm going to actually talk about those seven things that I talked about. Um, each one of those phases is really important to know because a lot of people were wondering, like, how was R. Kelly able to do this? How was anybody able to do this? And even if you really listen to each one of these tactics, this is literally the same stuff that an adult man or adult woman can fall prey to. It's literally the same thing. Um, because a lot of the, or a couple of the women on the show were elder women um, compared to the teenagers. They were like some, a couple of them were in their 30s and their 20s and people were like, what in the world? How could a 30-year-old woman fall prey to a grown man? But what a lot of people don't realize is that they're older women that still have self-esteem issues. There's still older women that have a lack of self-love and they can still end up in abusive situations or situations where they don't respect or honor themselves and they allow and settle for um, men or women. And this can happen to men too, settle for people who don't really respect or honor them. I mean, I keep on saying honor because clearly I've been watching a lot of Ayala fix my life. Um, So what I'm going to do is since I did seven episodes I'm going to just go over like for the next couple you know couple podcasts I'm going to go over like probably three or four things and kind of talk to you about that progression Um, because again I think it's really important to know these tactics because as I was researching and I'm like "Mm, that makes sense like how literally someone that's grooming someone to take advantage of them sexually because really that's the ultimate intent to take advantage of them sexually people use this for use this for tactic for sex trafficking and by the way I didn't know Atlanta was like the international hub for sex trafficking if you guys don't know that I'm like wow I'm really surprised by that but um anyway so a lot of people use that when it comes to prostitution sex trafficking they look for certain weaknesses in certain people so they can take advantage of them and get them into situations where um, they're, you know, either being, they're using them sexually or they're using them, you know, and they're turning into prostitutes and things like that. Or, you know, they're now sucked up in the whole world of sex trafficking. So I think it's really important for, um, people to just be educated on these things and pay attention to these. So, um, today 
I'm going to go over the first um, couple um, big things that I took care I mean, I'm, I focused on. And the first was this could happen to anyone. And really like opening your eyes to see like this isn't just something that happens to, you know, the girl that lives in the hood that, you know, has one, you know, she just lives with her mom, her dad is not around. This can happen to anyone. And then the um, second thing we're going to talk about today is how groomers target the victim, what they're looking for. Um, so stay tuned. I'm really excited to be back. I've missed y'all. I missed this platform. Um, I don't want to get lost in everything that I'm doing because again, you know, it's really, um, I think it's really important for parents and I think for young people to know what's going on out there. So they're aware of these signs and the things that we may fall victim to. So stay tuned and welcome back to the Uncomfortably Reborn African. So the first thing I want you guys to realize in the world of grooming, and if grooming, if you don't know what grooming is, let me educate you on what that is first. Grooming, it's the process by which an offender draws a victim into a sexual relationship and maintains that relationship in secrecy. But really the ultimate goal is to kind of manipulate that individual um, to like maintain that sexual relationship. Um, So that's what grooming is on the surface. So when I talk about this can affect anyone, I'm literally talking about anyone. Um, Again, if we were, if I keep referring back to the surviving R. Kelly series, it's not just the girl that, you know, has a single father or single mom. It's not just, you know, these situations where even if it's a young male, that's just in a situation where they're like, you know, on the streets and their parents don't care about them or whatever, this can affect anyone. And I think one of the things that the show highlighted was you saw parents, it was a mom and a dad there. And they were both like, we want our daughters back. So this idea um, that this cannot knock on the door of someone who has both parents in the household is false, is extremely false. And that's why I said before, even in my situation and the things I experienced, I was still sexually sexually assaulted and I had both parents in the house. I still fell into an abusive relationship And I had both parents in the house. So there's still things that you can still experience, although you have both parents in the house. So I don't want you guys to have that mindset that, you know, even people that believe that, you know, sexual assault only happens from the guy that's like the the gruesome looking guy in the corner. Like it's literally affecting people everywhere. So it can affect your neighbor, regardless of the household you're in. There are things that young girls and young boys can fall prey to, regardless of, you know, what the outside of their home look like, looks like. And I think, you know, the reality is, unfortunately, these situations can knock on anyone's door. You know, I'm pretty sure there are parents who probably like, man, I thought I gave my daughter everything or I did all these things. But you just never know, because literally, as I've researched grooming, like I was saying earlier, these men and these women they're really patient and they really take the time to kind of like play into the emotions of these young girls and if you know like as a youth is transitioning and they're getting to those like pivotal ages you know between you know tween and teen there's so many things that they're dealing with there's so many emotions and doubts and questions that they have about themselves and you know sometimes they might have both parents in the home but what if the parents work all the time what if someone's not around so these 
predators are are typically like trying to really play into the emotions of these young people to draw them in. So anyone can fall prey to this, regardless of how much money they make, regardless of how, you know, everything looks great on the inside. I want you guys to realize that this is something that can affect anyone, regardless of what they have or what they don't have. So now that you are aware this can affect anybody, the next phase is targeting the victim. Now this piece is really interesting. And like I was saying, a lot of the stuff that I researched was focused on child sexual abuse, but the reality is this, these same tactics can be used on adults as well. You hear stories, you've heard, I'm sure, I'm, trust me, I'm sure you've heard from someone like, I seem like I'm attracting the same guy. I seem that, it seems like I'm attracting the same type of person. Why is that? Well, it's something that you might be giving off. You're like, I'm wondering if I'm giving off a type of energy. Well, the thing about groomers is that they are patient. One male survivor talked about how patient they are. They're literally watching and seeing like, okay, who's an easy target? Because ultimately you have to remember a lot of these predators are people that are in the community. It's people, you know, it's the neighbors, it's the guy that you see at church. It's the one you see at the grocery store that seems so friendly. It's people that, you know, it's familiar faces. So when they're making these moves, they have to be cautious because of course they're doing it like trying to be sneaky. They don't want to get caught. So this patience is where they're really paying attention to the victim. So one, um, he's a, he's a recovering, I guess, um, sexual abuser, child sexual abuser. And he was like, I would pay attention to even to the clothes they wore. Were they a child that, you know, had, were, had money or did they seem poor? They looked at, you know, were they secluded or they didn't really, um, engage with the other children. They'll look at the emotional neediness or if they lack that emotion and see if they're kind of like, um, segregating themselves from everyone else. And if they have low self-confidence, so they'll look at all those things to say, okay, I'm noticing that this person doesn't really engage with the other children. And they might say, mm, here's, here's a good target right here. But then they'll also pay attention to, because again, if they're working at some local, they're a volunteer or they're a teacher or something of that sort, they're paying attention to the fact that, oh, well, they're, they're okay, they, they have a single parent. They're with a single mom or a single dad or hmm, their parent isn't picking them up all the time or they see how anxious this person is to get to work that parent and they know that okay well this child is going to need a ride home sometimes because mom's not around so they'll offer up services and say oh okay well I'll pick them up I'll give them additional time because even um even the same gentleman talked about I, you know, he gave him extra attention on if it was an ath- athletic type of situation, because we've heard about athletes being victimized, they'll give him like extra attention. And we'll talk more about that later. Um, but they start to pay attention to like, okay, well, let me start giving this athlete extra attention. And of course, from the parents perspective, they might think like, oh man, my son or my daughter is getting all this extra attention and all this practice one-on-one time with coach, but coach might really be a predator. So, um, and this isn't to freak anyone out, but again, the reality is all, a lot of the stories that we've seen on TV are these people that we would have never expected. Why would someone like R. Kelly do it where they have all the money in the world and the fame and the fortune? Why would they do it? Why would all these people who have all these accolades and all these amazing things be predators? But it's deeper than that. It's, it's clearly, it's something psychological. It's, it's clearly certain things that happened to them when they were younger that never got identified or taken care of. So when I talk about how this can also affect um, 
adults, you have to think from the perspective of if you start noticing certain trends and people you're attracting and you're noticing I'm attracting the same people or I'm always in these abusive relationships, it's time to stop and say, okay, do I need to start working on things? Do I need to start working on, like Iyala says, that little girl or that little boy in me that's stuck at five or six or whatever that trauma happened and that, that child needs to grow up. I need to give that child the attention it needs so I can uh, be able to overcome whatever issues that happened. Um, so it's really, really important. And again, I'm not no healthcare professional, but you know, this is just my own way of kind of like putting it all together because a lot of times we become the common denominator and we don't get the help we need to heal from a lot of the things in our past. I mean, I fell victim of it. I mean, again, I was in an abusive marriage and in that abusive marriage, if I think back, there were a lot of things that I let slide because you know, I had all these emotional things that I needed to work in with myself to know that I, I know I should have known that I deserve better. Um, but when you come, when you think about a child that doesn't have um, any say, when you think of a, about a child that, you know, is still trying to figure out their emotions and how to navigate, you know, it's kind of like unfortunate for them. We can never child, tell a child, you are the common denominator because a child is a child. They're still developing and they're still um, evolving. And, you know, I was watching, um, like I was doing some videos and I took some clips from Precious and there was a part where, um, the character that Monique played talked about, you know, how you slept with my man. And it's kind of like, man, you know, there are actually our youth that are in situations where, you know, they're being blamed for being raped. They're being blamed for being assaulted. They're the, you know, the, the girlfriend or the, the husband or whomever is, is jealous because, oh, how dare you take my man? And it's like, yo, this little girl's being raped. This, she's being assaulted. Um, it's really sad, man. It, it really is. But again, the biggest takeaway is, again, to know that this can affect anyone, anyone could, this could happen to. And again, this isn't to um, freak anyone out, but it's really important that we pay attention to who we allow around our child, we need to just have those that open dialogue because again, um, no one is in control of what may or may not happen. But as parents, as you know, sisters, brothers, guardians, um, if we just have that open dialogue with our youth and start to talk to them and have that open relationship where we really just pay attention to the patterns and the changes that are happening with them so they don't hopefully fall victim to this. Or you can have these conversations early and say, okay, if someone tries to do this or tries to do that, it's not okay. Because there have been situations where they talked about how a child might be abused and then the parent goes and picks them up and they're like thanking the person the child might interpret it like oh man are you thanking them for doing what they did no you're just thanking them for watching your child for the night or giving them extra attention on the court um but that child is interpreted they interpret that information or that that interaction a lot differently um, so those are the, the two basic things um, to start off. Um, we'll go over, um, how they gain the trust of the victim and how they feel the need, um, and possibly even how they isolate the child. We'll talk about that deeper next time, but I just wanted to give you an idea of, you know, this grooming, this grooming mindset and this grooming that happens and how, again, if you really look at it, you can see that this can affect adults. So you know, I appreciate you guys listening and, you know, I have some awesome things that's coming soon and I'm just excited to be back on here to share and educate you all and just, you know, just give my little tidbits about life 
um, about youth, which is really my biggest focus now, and about ways that we can kind of support one another and empower one another for change and betterment. So for today's nugget of the day, I want to talk about vision. So I wear glasses and before I got glasses, like I was squinting a lot and I was like, yo ma, like I'm thinking that I can't see that well. So my mom made me an appointment and went to go see the optometrist. And yeah, you know, they're doing their normal screenings. If anybody's ever experienced a doctor's appointment with an optometrist, you know, you go through all these little screening. They do the little thing where they do a little puff in your eye. And then you get to the point where it's like, okay, here are the letters, here are four lines. I need you to read the line that you can see the clearest. And here you go trying to read it. So you progress to the next phase. The doctor comes in and you sit down and they start working. Okay, let's let's try some different lenses on you. So you're in the machine and they're adjusting the lens. And over time, you start realizing like, oh man, this is becoming clearer. And they're like, okay, read the, the, the smallest line you can. And what you realize is that now you can read like the littlest line that you could not originally read with your own vision. So I want you to think about that when it comes to the vision that you have for yourself. Are we walking around with blurry lenses? Are we walking around when we really need to call a doctor and get the help that we need so we can get the prescription and be able to see the vision for us a lot further than what we're seeing? So of course you would not be literally calling a doctor, but you picking up the phone and calling a doctor is the same as you starting to work on yourself. You starting to do, like start to chip at those little goals little by little. And it'll be just like when that doctor, that optometrist starts to adjust the lens. And as you're chipping away at this goal and saying, okay, I need to do some more personal development. Okay, my vision is becoming clear. Okay, now I need to go and I need to get a mentor. Okay, now my vision is even more clear. Oh, maybe I need to go back to school. Oh man, I can really see better now. And then over time, as you're chipping away at your goals, your vision becomes clearer and clearer. And it'll be like, lo and behold, now you can see. You can see a lot further than you were able to see before. So stop walking around with blurry vision. Start working on yourself. Start chipping at, start chipping away at your goals little by little. And soon, soon, you will have that vision that will be so amazing. You won't even realize how far you can see yourself going, but now you can because you've done the work necessary to reach your goals and get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm.